Welcome back to the NP Dude. This is Jeff the NP Dude. We are now about to enter episode 12. Today I want to talk a lot about insurance. I've got a lot of feedback on insurance. I must have touched a nerve on that one. Um, so we're going to talk a lot about the different types of policies and and what it is when different companies are trying to negotiate with you and, and things just to look out for and how do you protect yourself uh, when you when you really need to have those insurance policies, so this is something I feel more than comfortable talking about. Um, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritties of individual policies today, only because that's a really boring episode. I thought about doing that. I know I mentioned I, I might do that one, and I still may, but I, I think I need somebody else in the in the room to make it a conversation than just me going section by section through an insurance policy and boring everybody and. You know, if you're riding in your car and you're bored and you wreck, I certainly don't want that on my conscience. So um, today I'm going to talk about the different types of insurance policies. And in medical malpractice and healthcare malpractice, there's essentially three things you need to be aware of. And I'm going to boil it down to the three. And there's a lot more. And there's different variations and whatnot that are just weird hybrids if you want to pay more money. But when it comes down to it, there's three things to think about and a bunch of other little caveats we'll talk about at the end. The main thing that you're going to want to look at when you're getting an insurance policy is the type of insurance policy that is. Now, this is made very easy for nurse practitioners and for most physicians because you can't typically buy a policy that is other than a claims-made type of policy. And I'm going to use some words and then we'll define them. Most policies in malpractice are claims made. The other type is occurrence, and sorry, I was, I'm driving, so I had to kind of swerve for a second, um, is occurrence-based policy, policies. And you don't find those hardly ever anymore, and I'll explain why. A claims made policy is simply when you work for an organization or you pay your own, let's do it this way, because I think this is easier. If you work for a company that's providing you malpractice insurance, they're paying it, it's all in their name, but you're, you're you know, an, an added person to that policy. And if it's truly a medical malpractice policy, the moment you're terminated from employment, whether you terminate you know, because you left on good, good graces, uh, or good conditions, or good terms, or it was your fault and you got fired, doesn't matter. The second you leave employment, you're off that policy, and you no longer have malpractice. Well, now, that, what, what happens in, in most states is that you have a period of time after you harm someone, or potentially harm someone, that they could come back and sue you. It's called a statute of limitations, and you may have heard that. It's a pretty common uh, name for a legal word. But really what it comes down to is it's the time period that you are allowed to bring a claim for a specific type of action. And an action is just a lawsuit. It could be a contract claim. It could be a, a tort that we talked about. Go back and listen to what torts are in the malpractice uh, section. But, it, but more than anything, the statute of limitations is intended as a, as a fairness issue. If you are in business and you make tires, it doesn't matter what it is, pick, pick an object, or your service, doesn't matter what it is, and you make tires, and every day you make a tire and sell it, and every day you are interacting with somebody that could potentially sue you. Now, 
10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years from now, if we didn't have statute of limitations, the policy argument is that everybody would be liable all the time for everything and no one would ever do anything. No one would make tires because they would always be liable to everybody they sold something to forever in perpetuity. And the longer you go in time frame, it's harder to really pinpoint, was it the tires or was it the wear that you did on it or is it the nail that you ran over or, you know, who, where's that issue? come out. So the courts have said we're going to or the legislation has said we're going to set those limits for the public because we feel that a certain period of time for suing over a broken tire is one thing and suing over a medical malpractice claim is another. Now what is that time frame? And this will be important in a moment. What is that time frame? And it depends. It really depends on the state. Every state is different. In Ohio, and I'll tell you what it is in Ohio, and that'll give you some kind of guideline of like how much time you need to worry about. It's one year. But wait, there's more, right? Like as seen on TV, but wait, there's more. It's one year from what? Is it one year from the date that you saw them in the in the in your practice? Is it one year from the date that they took your, their last medication that you maybe wrongfully prescribed? Is it one year from the the time that they noticed the defect? Yes, yes, and yes. Right? It's the longest of any of those. So here's the situation. Say, for example, you have a patient and you're in. This is why OBGYNs pay so much for their malpractice insurance because they have 18 years for defects to show up plus one so or 12 years plus one so you don't know it was it a defect because of the OBGYN or was it a defect because of some other intervening factor and that's the problem that we run into and the reason that this is important is because of another thing that's going to be talked about commonly with with insurance plans and that's something called tail coverage and, and I really, really kind of was thinking about talking about this last because it's tail to the end, but it really fits here because what tail coverage does is it allows a policy to basically be a rider on the existing policy that will carry you over for a period of time to protect you from those cases that can come up after you're no longer working with that facility. Okay, so what what does that mean? Well, if it's an OBGYN, you might want a tail coverage that's 20 years or something, you know, pretty pretty high up there, and it's going to be a very expensive policy. But you might save your save your house, <laughs> it might save your retirement savings, uh, you know, it might be worth it. So, in family practice. You know, it, it really depends on what you think your risk is. If you're in acute care, it depends on what you think your risk is. So you have to evaluate what you feel is comfortable for you for a tail policy, for a time frame. And you can get them for one year, two year, three year, five year. You can get them for a bunch of different periods of time in family practice. And I've seen different, different numbers out there. Now, the cost of those, we'll go, well, let's do this. The cost for a general liability insurance, um, or sorry, not general, a uh, medical malpractice for a family pr nurse practitioner is around a thousand to two thousand bucks, and it depends on your certification. It depends on, you know, all the all the licensing. It depends on your area of the of the country, and they have actuaries that figure all this stuff out. It's way above me, but you know, you'll see people that have, look for all intent and purposes the same on paper and pay two different rates across the country. It's just the way it is. And you'll see people on Facebook saying, I only paid $900. You're getting ripped off. No, no. 
you really need to look at what is your insurance policy um, quote from one organization, from one insurance company to another insurance company in your area because it matters. That's the difference. So you can't say you're in Chicago and pay eighteen hundred dollars, and I'm in you know Iowa, and there's nobody getting sued. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just using it as an example. Then, then you might be looking at a significant difference in price just by your location and all the differences in your scope of practice. <clears throat> so that's what your typical medical malpractice policy is going to cost. Now, tail coverage, and the reason I want to talk about this now is take your your gen or your your malpractice liability insurance policy cost and double it, and that's going to be about what your tail coverage cost is going to be. So if you have, and I had a, a great question from uh, somebody, I, I think it was an email, that said, hey, Jeff, you know, I really don't understand this tail coverage information, and I've got a contract I'm negotiating with an with a institution, and they say they're going to cover my tail coverage, but I don't know if that's what, what that means or what that does for me. And should I get my own policy in addition to the policy that the, the, the institution is going to get for her? And, and so... That kind of explains the tail coverage, what it is and how much it costs. So at least you go in eyes open knowing what they are willing to, to um, spend for you. So now here's the other thing. You really need to make sure who is getting the policy. Are they getting the policy on your behalf and they're just picking a premium you know, from one of their insurance companies, but everything is in your name? Then I'm not so concerned, okay? Because you can renew that policy Instead of new, do, doing the tail coverage for a year or two, you could renew that policy twice, right? It's two times the cost. And that would carry you through most of the tail coverage things that you would need. You see what I'm saying? So you could just buy your own liability insur- malpractice insurance when you're done working in that facility and just have your own policy in your own name and just kind of carry it over. Now, here's the problem. They may not recognize the um, the errors if you had any that occurred under that previous premium uh, previous uh, insurance policy because it might be under a different number like literally like a different number policy number so they may say no that doesn't work but you could talk to the insurance companies and see if you can keep that policy number and just roll it over and just extend it in your own name so they don't care who pays the policy so if it's in your name you can just keep doing it so that's one thing so I would I would recommend finding out who is the policy holder and are you a policy holder or are you the, the one that's actually just, you know, you're, you're an, uh, an addendum uh, to the policy and the policy is in the name of the institution. And it's, you know, all the, pol- all the providers have, you know, an addendum or a rider policy for you that's attached to their main policy. And if that's the case, then I would suggest getting your own policy because in reality, uh, you're you're going to just get your own insurance anyways. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're going to leave, you're probably going to have your own insurance policy. I would do it that way. And there's another reason I would do that too, is because your insurance policy will protect you. If it's the company's insurance policy and you're an added on person to it and they, and you no longer want to work there, how, how safe do you think that they're going to really follow through in, in, protecting a former insured person or somebody that's about to leave their company and something happens. So my my philosophy is you're you know if you're a nurse practitioner you're making decent money it's a thousand bucks to fifteen hundred bucks in most places maybe eighteen hundred 
pay the money, get the insurance policy. I paid fourteen hundred and seventy-two dollars for a policy that is a two million six million policy, and we'll, we can talk about that what that means now. So, what are these numbers? So, you look at your policy, and you have your claims made policy, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll explain that too. The claims made policy has these numbers, these wacky numbers. Uh, 1 million, 3 million, 1 million, 5 million, 2 million, 5 million, and they have a little slash in between them. And what does that mean? Well, the first number is the amount that they will cover you for an error up to for one occurrence. The second number is an aggregate, and, and that's confusing in the malpractice context. It really is. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I could probably Google and come up with an, a good example, but it, I just, I'd, I'd be stretching, to be honest with you, coming up with a good example. So I'm going to give you another example. If you have your homeowner's policy, or your auto policy, even better, your, your, your uh, auto liability policy, it has a number in, in mind. I think is like uh, hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. And the hundred thousand is if I get in a wreck and I hurt Grandma in another car, she can sue me, and I my insurance company will step in and cover me for a hundred thousand dollars in costs, whether it's damage, whether it's injuries, whether it's legal fees, anything, right? So it's that's the the total for one claim against me, one lawsuit. Now imagine Grandma is riding in her car. And she's got her best friend, and they're going to bingo or whatever they're doing, going to get brunch, and they got their red hats on for you know the red hat club, and they're going to get lunch. And um, I swerve across the center line, clearly negligent, my fault. I wreck into them. Now I, I I kill both of them, right? It was I feel devastated, horrible, horrible situation. Now I have two families that could have a wrongful death claim in civil court against me. Well, the insurance company is going to step in and say, well, we could do two single claims, that doesn't make sense. What we're going to do is, it's because it's the same incident, they'll cover you in the aggregate for both of those claims under the $300,000. It's the same thing in medical. So I can't. I, I struggle to find um, where you are that negligent that, you know, maybe you, you could have, you know, uh, you're treating their diabetes and you did a bad job there and then they, you know, lost a toe and then you sent them to, for a referral to a bad podiatrist or something and, you know, now they, they've got, you know, septic and died, you know, so I've got maybe two claims. I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me, to be honest with you. So if there's an insurance guru out there on the, the aggregate in malpractice, I'd love to hear it. Um, comment and let me know, but in re in reality, in family practice, you're probably never going to see an aggregate situation. I just can't think of a good one. Now, I keep saying this word, these words, claims made, and the claims made difference between the occurrence type policy is is a big thing. But in reality, there's not too many occurrence policies out there, and if there are, you have to pay a lot of money for them, and you'll know why in a moment. The claims made policies themselves are just that. It's for those claims, those those uh, you know one million, three million aggregate, right? It's a claim. It's somebody that wants to sue you and it covers you. But here's the the problem: it's a claim that's made during the time that that policy is in effect, and that's the problem and why you might want to consider a tail coverage policy. So if you have somebody that you hurt on accident and it's truly your fault or not, whatever, and you get sued and you call your malpractice insurance and say, you know, Jake from State Farm, who's, you know, my malpractice insurance, or it's pro-liability, but well, Jake from pro-liability. I called Jake from pro-liability. He's got his khakis on and he's helping me out. And he says, 
well, the policy's in effect. It hasn't lapsed. You know, every year it goes away. Then, or you haven't quit your employment and it was through your employer, uh, then we'll cover you. It's easy as that. So it's within that year is basically how you do it. You do it on a year-to-year rolling basis. You get a new policy every year. You update your policy, renew it every year. And you're, for anything that happens during the time in those, the claims that are made during that time period, it's the claims when they file the lawsuit. Does that make sense? It's not the act that you did. It's not the occurrence. See the difference? So here's the, the difference with an occurrence, and it makes more sense. An occurrence made is I have a policy that might last for a year. And then, you know, when do I hurt somebody? Well, maybe it's the medicine I prescribed in year one. Well, 10 years from now, they may file a claim against you if it's within the statute of limitations. And then and then you call up Jake from pro-liability and say, you know, here, here's my policy. You need to hook me up and come and save my ass because I have an occurrence base. And it occurred, the harm occurred during the term of the contract. And it's really difficult to put a price on it because you don't know, you know, what, how many people are going to come in, in, in two years, three years, five years, ten years. You, you just don't know. So those policies are very rare and don't very common, commonly occur. So you're never going to see it. If you, if you sign up with Pro Liability or any of the other insurance companies for your malpractice, you're, you're pretty much just going to go right to it. You don't have any negotiation power. You're going to pick what amount of coverage you want, and you're going to sign on the dotted line. And that's essentially what you're going to do. There's no negotiation with these. This is the policy. You're covered for these. You're done. And that's it. Now, here's the other, the other hypothetical that comes into play. The only time I would consider a tail coverage would be this situation. I am fed up with being a nurse practitioner or a doctor or whatever. And I have a claims made policy and I'm retiring June 1st. I tell my practice it's February. I'm going to tell them, you know, June 1st, I'm done. Count on me being gone. I'm going to be on a beach somewhere or I'm going to be, you know, selling fruit at the farmer's market, whatever. You're, you're gone. And the, the, the problem is, is that once that contract ends, so say June 1st, you're done there, then what can happen is you you are now liable, right? It's a claims made. So it's when the claim is made. Well, after that policy's up and a claim is made, you're on your own. So you can buy that tail policy then, and then you got to figure out punt and try to figure out how much time you need on your tail policy and go from there, and you're going to pay two times roughly the cost of your your premium. Now, here's what I would recommend. If I was retiring in six months or tomorrow or whatever, I would call Jake from Pro Liability and say, Jake, you know what? I'm going to buy my own insurance policy starting today or starting whenever my last day is, June 1st. And I might practice on my own. I might not. And I want a claims-made policy. And I'm just going to buy my own insurance policy. And I'll buy that until I feel comfortable that I no longer have any medical mal- malpractice liability problems looming over my head. So that might be two years, three years, five years. I mean, if I'm a failing practice, you know, most people I've already moved, they've moved on. I mean, I really would have, if I'm going to screw up, people are going to usually let me know pretty quick. And hopefully I don't ever have to go there. But that's really what I would do. I would just buy the policy. Why not? I mean, you can get two years of it for for the same price of a tail policy, and you got that peace of mind that you know what I'm just going to renew it again. And if I feel like I want to do it a third year or a fourth year, so be it. I do it. So it's only you know fifteen hundred bucks, whatever. 
and it's still in you. Now, that goes back to the original question. Do I have, if, if my company is offering me liability insurance, and I don't know really much about it, there's two questions you want to ask. The first question is, what type of liability insurance is it? And two is, is it in my name? And we already said that one. But it matters what type of insurance it is because, and this just happened to me at my, one of my jobs, they said, Jeff, don't worry, you're lumped in with the nurses and you're covered under our general liability policy. Now, a general liability policy is a policy that a company gets that says, if we screw up as a company, whether we don't put salt on the sidewalk and somebody falls and breaks their neck, or you know, our, um, the food service people poison somebody on accident, or um, the toilet explodes and, and a, a client gets hurt, whatever it is, we have liability that covers all those general, just you're in the business of being in a business, and those costs are, or those, those potential liabilities that are, that are associated with that are covered. So that's your general policy. I don't feel comfortable with a general liability policy because it, it very well may have an exclusion for practitioners. I don't know. And to be honest with you, they're probably not going to go ahead and say, oh, well, let's go ahead and tear out all of our corporate you know, documents and, and find our general liability policy to give it to this lowly APRN. And I'm being sarcastic, but in reality, they're not going to let you see that. So do you feel comfortable making a guess and just assuming that that's going to work out? I don't. So I said, that's not going to work for me. I'm going to get my own policy, and I would like you to pay for it. That's how I negotiated it. Now, the tail coverage is a misnomer for NPs because two times your liability insurance premium is pretty low. This is for the people, the physicians that are out there that have, you know, um, $100,000 liability policies, you know, the high-risk people. Tail coverage might be important then, and it'll gap them from one insurance plan to another or when they retire. And that's really what it's intended to do. It's an overlap and it happens at the end of your time there and, and gets you to the next place so that you're covered under that next policy. Think of a pre-existing condition, right? And you, you, you want to be covered with insurance. It's the same thing. Now the occurrence made, we kind of talked about what the occurrence made or occurrence policy is, but the occurrence happens um, at the time when you actually cause the harm. So again, you're not going to find that really anywhere. Skip it. Move on. Tail coverage, don't freak out about it. Get an insurance policy. Those are my real recommendations on those. Um, I know this might be short. I'm, I'm driving. It's dark out. I'm looking for deer. Um, so might be a little disjointed. If this isn't a good one, let me know. I'll redo it. I think it's okay. Um, it's not my best work, I don't think. But I'm trying, man. I'm really trying. So questions and comments. I, you guys keep amazing me. You guys are some crazy-ass people. I see people download stuff still in the middle of the night. You guys are nuts. I want to hear from you people. I want you late-night people to just give me a shout-out in the comments. Say, I'm here. <laughs> I, want to, I want to know who you guys are. Um, keep listening. Share uh, Share my main page. Share the episodes on Facebook. You can like me on Facebook. Don't forget, I am on iTunes. Uh, I'm going to look at some of the others like Stitcher and stuff. I'm not sure I'm big enough yet to really worry about going all over the place, but I'm, I'm wanna, I'd like to get to that point. And uh, just keep sharing. Keep talking. I got like three or four good emails today, and I think I covered most of those um, comments out there. 
Oh, there was one other question or uh, comment, and I just want to say I agree with you. Um, it was about the Ohio uh, Advanced Practice Nurse CPG, which is uh, the Committee on Prescriptive Guidance, I believe, and it's basically the ones that come up with our formulary. And it was basically the same information that I saw. And you have the latest. The CPG meeting was at the end of January. I think it was the 23rd. And I didn't see it. I was at work, so I really couldn't read the whole email really thoroughly. But it looked like the same information I've already talked about um, regarding Suboxone in Ohio. Now, I was talking to, to a, uh, an a, a very experienced APRN today uh, about the Suboxone treatment and is kind of in the know uh, with some of the Ohio Board of Nursing stuff. And the next meeting, I think, is in May. So I'm not sure how fast it's going to happen. I think there's been some somewhat of a pullback from OBN about things. Um, they were all gung-ho about it in, in, in uh, I think it was October or November, and said, yeah, go get your training, and uh, we'll get you started. But now it sounds like it might be the next meeting when they approve everything. But it could happen tomorrow. You never know, right? So that's kind of where I am with that. Um, keep those comments and questions coming, guys. I really appreciate it. This has been a blast. I'm having a great time. And uh, don't forget to check me out on thenpdude.com. You can get me at thenpdude on Facebook and uh, iTunes. So keep them coming. Thanks again. Bye.